Okay. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to the <laughs> JM Sports and Wrestling Podcast. Sorry, guys, I just had a little bit of a brain issue there. Um, where you will find the latest in wrestling and sports. Nothing here is off limits. Let's have some fun. So Lane is back with us again. Lane, what's up, brother? Hey, how's it going? Last time we podcasted, which was Tuesday, man. We had it set for only like two to three segments, and we rattle off about an hour's worth of, of stuff, man. Yeah, I don't know if we got that in us today. I don't know if there's been enough new information where we can continue to rattle off organically things for an hour, but hey, let's give it a shot. So, we'll try. All right. So, you and I were talking before we started this episode and you said right after our last podcast you had a special call in or yeah a special call in on your messenger and this person apparently had a disagreement about something what was it? my buddy Matthew Pace on the last episode we talked about how we thought that the women should close mania and he said that he thought the title should be what closes out the show and should be the main focus so we figured let's not debate it and his reasoning was because of the of the Universal Championship. So, all right. So, let's see if we can make sure it's built up to, to get on the same level as the, the 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 WWE Championship to make it mean something. That was his rhyme and reasoning, as far as I understand it. So, since you're such really good at playing devil's advocate, I'll have you step in the role for him, and then I will defend why the women should go on, and let's see what we can come up with. Okay. Before I do that, let me first state. I see. I do see his point there. Do I agree with his point? No. And I don't because, listen, to build up prestige, you have to start from the bottom. You know, it's kind of like that, was it that Drake song, starting from the bottom, now we're here, right? <laughs> so, yeah, who thought, I would, who thought I would throw a Drake reference in here? Um, so, you know, you have to start somewhere. Do I get the whole thing about you know, you want to build it up to be it on the level of your counterpart, sure. But there's only, you know, for me, I love, you know, when people are thrown into the fire and they have to either sink or swim. And if you give them time to build that up, it kind of takes away from, you know, for me, I, I don't know if I'm using this term in the right context, but organically. So I guess what I'm saying is, is that if you give the women and you give them time to build up the championship, You then, then you're already going to know what to expect. When I guess, if you just throw them in there, see what they can do. Now, granted, Mania being a big pay-per-view, that's a big risk. But I kind of like to see what they can do in a situation, you know, when it comes to sink or swim. If you look at most of the top stars, or a lot of the, the moments top moments a lot of those especially uh, before the last 10 years a lot of times with 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 the rock or steve austin they're putting these spots where it's sink or swim dx and especially with the attitude era it was sink or swim and when they were putting those positions they 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 swam yeah exactly i mean look at roman reigns you know when the shield first broke up and they decided they were going to bypass the mid card for him and they were just going to throw him into the main event scene his first real main event match really was against Randy Orton. It's like, all right, we're going to put you up against, you know, an 11-time champion at the time, and we're going to see what you got. You know, we're going to see what you can do. And if you pass that test, then we're going to move you on to somebody else. And, and Let me cut you off right there. 
I got a text message from Mr. Pace, and he said that I, I was wrong. He was not saying that women should not main event WrestleMania. It was that the women should not main event the Elimination Chamber. Okay. All right. Well, then that completely changes the argument because I still disagree with it. Um, I feel like, you know what? You, you can still, listen, You're again, you're going to put the wom- women in a situation where it gives them the experience when it comes to main eventing a pay-per-view. So the more experience they can get in a main event role, then the more then the more experience they can take into saying, "Listen, we've main evented these pay per views. Why don't we? Why don't you consider giving us a shot for the big one?" I have, you know, I have. And they have in the past, so it is possible. All right, let's go to break. Let's talk about this some more when we come back. And uh, tell me if he texts you during the break. We'll be right back. All right, we are back. So, so Matthew Pace. So listen, this is for you, Matthew, if you're listening. I think the women, you know, motivating pay-per-views is a good thing, and, and here's why. It's a good thing because it gives them the experience to close out a show. It gives them the experience to, you know, for themselves to say that they closed out a show. It's a real confidence booster, you know, as long as things go well. I mean, granted, with anything, obviously, you know, if it goes bad, if it's going to go bad, that's with anything you do, though. But I think if you really want to, you know, put the women on the level of the men, then you have to start putting them in the same situations that men are put in. And that's when you're going to know you know, whether it's a good idea or a bad idea. I think the women have passed every test so far. I mean, with every first ever, it seems like the women have knocked it out of the park. They're doing great. Um, I have no doubt that maybe not at this WrestleMania, but if you continue to build it up over the year, maybe the next couple years, I could see, like I said, like I said, Tuesday, you could start building either towards a Bailey-Charlotte WrestleMania match for next year, or you can start building towards the four horsewomen of Charlotte, Becky Lynch, Sasha Banks, and Ailey against Ronda Rousey's four ladies for the main event of the WrestleMania. Some, something that I have to uh, agree with with, uh, with Matthew on, on this topic is when you look at, at Raw, they have uh, promoted and, and kind of pushed the men's chamber more, especially with them now making it the first ever seven-man chamber, which was actually a last-minute change about two hours before Raw took place on Monday. That's absolutely right. Then, yep. then to make it a seven-man chamber. That's right. They have pushed more towards that, and they, ha- and they have promoted that one more. So I can, I can get his point as far as that should close based on how WWE has promoted it. You know, if they fight in UFC, then they should put that on last instead of the first match on the card. I get his point. On that, however, I think now is the perfect time for the women to be able to step up and take the main event slot. Okay, I agree with that. You're right because you know they have been pushing that. What I'm gonna say right now may rub some people the wrong way, and I'm not. This is not what I'm looking for. I'm not looking for to rub anyone the wrong way. If Charlotte was on that show as the champion headlining that that matchup no offense to Alexa Bliss who I think is a great heel women's champion she's already a four time women's champion two on Smackdown two on Raw 
if Charlotte was headlining that match with who else? Sasha, Bailey, uh, um, help me out here. Um, Absolution. The, the, uh, Mandy Rose and uh, Sonya Deville. I think if Charlotte was headlining that, they would be pushing that one. Uh, yeah, I think that's fair to say. I mean, and I don't mean that towards any disrespect to Alexa Bliss or, you know, the fact that she's, you know, a small woman. That's Alexa Bliss can go, but there's just something about Charlotte. Charlotte is genetically superior. Charlotte can go. She is... She is probably one of the best women wrestling in the company because she's been put in those situations to succeed. Where Alexa Bliss, really, this is the first major, first ever that she's been put in to carry this. You know, where Charlotte's had opportunity. I mean, what, she was in the first ever Hell in the Cell with Sasha? Hell in the Cell, two, uh, two WrestleMania uh, matches. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, uh, the false hand anywhere matches she had with Charlotte. That's right. Um, yeah, Charlotte's probably had the most opportunity out of the women, no doubt. So that's why I, I said if Sasha was in, I'm sorry, if Charlotte was in there, that Charlotte, I mean, that would probably be pushed more because WWE could say, well, she's been proven in this. And, and this is what I mean. You need to start putting different women in different situations to try to give them more confidence and more, you know, to say, hey, listen, I've been here, I've done this. You know, I can close out, a, you know, I can close out a mania. Let's talk about how they should book it when we come back. All right, sounds great. We will be back and we'll talk about how they should book the Women's Elimination Champion. All right, we are back. So, we are going to talk about how they should book this match. So, the first thing we should probably state is who we think is going to first start the match. I think if you really want to stick it to Alexa Bliss and drive this narrative that she's being disrespected, she should start first. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, because then then you've got the possibility where she's in there first then it's more likely she won't make it to the end. And if she were to be eliminated, you could do like they did. Yeah, I forgot which championship match it was now, but where the champion was eliminated first, so then you were guaranteed that's a new right. champion. Now, I don't believe she's going to lose, but th- that's the story they can tell. I said she should go first because then if she makes it to the end and she wins, she could sit there and gloat and say, I just beat, you know, everybody who was in the chamber. Where's my respect? I mean, this whole respect storyline, you go back to it time and time again because it works. And this would be the perfect thing for her because she, she sat here and told Kurt Angle she thought that he was being sexist. Uh, she thought that he wasn't respecting her like, you know, she thought he was respecting Brock. So for her to go in there and do something that Brock didn't do, that would be a major feather in her cap that she could sit there and tell Kurt Angle to pretty much huh, suck it. Basically, yeah. Now, <clears throat> it's really interesting because you have two two people in the chamber from the same faction. So I heard a report that was stating that they were actually going to do it where the two members of Absolution actually started the match. I don't think that's a good idea because it'll be a bunch of quote-unquote wrestling lollygagging until someone else comes out and they're 
no double team, and I, I really hope that's not the case. It, it'd be a waste of time, in my opinion, to have both members of Absolution start as one and two. I think that the, the Alexa Bliss coming in would be a lot better coming in at number one. I think it should be Alexa Bliss and Mandy Rose, and here's why. Mandy Rose has grown leaps and bounds since coming up to the main roster. She reminds me of Trish Stratus in a sense that Trish really didn't know how to wrestle back then. Trish learned, you know, pretty much had to go through and learn from the bottom. And then look what happened to Trish. Look what, you know, look how her career took off. Mandy Rose is further ahead of Trish than, you know, in the time she's been on the main roster, she's further ahead of Trish than the same amount of time when Trish was on the main roster. Granted, Trish was a manager and Mandy Rose is a part of a group, but Mandy Rose is your future. I mean... Especially with Mandy Rose, you know, having time in NXT also, which wasn't something that was around back then, that's helped her a lot too as far as the promos and, the, you know, the, the, the training and stuff like that. Um, Trish really didn't have any of that when she got to the company. So, yeah, I mean, I, I can see the comparisons. And I think too, and I, I don't mean this to sound, I don't mean to, you know, knock her, but out of, out of, the, out of the group, she's probably the less the least popular and if she was to be in the chamber and then they do the countdown and you have to build up i think it's smart too because everyone after that is a bigger star than her you know no one's disappointed almost like when Rey mysterio came out as number 30 in the rumble a few years ago and they booed him because it wasn't daniel bryan correct i think those two should start the match and i think those two should be the last two to end the chamber I think after a valiant effort, you know what, Mandy Rose just comes up just a little bit short in winning the chamber. That would build her star power way up there. To start at number two in that chamber, last the other what? What is there? Five or six in there? There's six. There's six six total. So she would last the other five. You know, she would pretty much, Alexa Bliss would outlast the other five. But Mandy Rose, or Rose, would outlast, you know, four because she would eventually lose to Bliss. That would build their star power up because right there, in the eyes of the crowd, that would show, that would give her major props and major respect. Same, the same for Sonya Deville too, because you've got Bailey and Sasha Banks, and uh, was it Mickey James? That's right. Yeah, those three are already established stars. So them three being eliminated first isn't going to help. Isn't going to hurt them any. But if you can get the, the two members of Absolution. And Alexa Bliss is the final three, and then you build the story that you know Alexa comes back and beats the two on one odds because they're a faction, and wins the first ever women's chamber, and you know outlasts starts number one. That right there puts the resume for Alexa Bliss sky high. That's true. And when we come back, I want to talk about how this chamber could start the beginning of the end of Absolution. We'll, we'll be right back. All right, we are back. So, before we went to break, I was teasing how this elimination chamber, women's elimination chamber, could be the beginning of the end for Absolution. But before I hit on that, I want to first send a shout out to my New Blood Family wrestling group on Facebook. Please, if you guys are looking for, you know, a Facebook group, you know, you know, just to talk about wrestling, please join. You know, you don't have to worry about, you know, someone ripping your opinion this is about just good healthy wrestling discussion everybody there will respect your opinion i'm the creator i promise you that it is and if you want to join please answer the questions 
yes, you have to answer the three questions that we have there because we do try to keep out the trolls. And so just answer the three questions, man. And if you do it, we'll let you right in. All right. So I'm going to move on to why I think this is going to be the beginning of the end of absolution. I don't think it's going to be a quick, you know, end. I think it's going to be a build that I think could culminate at WrestleMania about six to eight weeks later. So, Lane, you hit on something good before we went to break. You said if Alexa Bliss made it to the end with the two members of Absolution and Alexa Bliss was to overcome the odds, that, that, that it would build up Alexa Bliss's resume. I agree with that. So, here's why I think it could be the beginning of the end. So, you could book it where Alexa does win the match. Now, you could have a lot of close near falls where... Mandy Rose is going for a pin of Alexa Bliss, but then her partner from Absolution comes in and breaks it up. You see that happen a few times, and then, you know, each one trying to score the pin. And eventually, you know, tensions start to boil because they, they're they competing for a chance to main event WrestleMania as the women's champion. You take all that stuff, you know, into perspective you do have the ingredients for a potential absolution blow up here. Especially if you do it where both members of absolution want to be the one to pan Alexa That's right. and eliminate her. And instead of working on getting her eliminated and then fighting each other, you know, that's the story that they, they could tell instead of, you know, absolution versus absolution. They're both wanting to be the one that gets the, the champion pan because they want their opportunities and it just escalates from there. That's the, perfect story because you can tell that story you can tell the story of Alexa Bliss making it through you can build all three people like I said the other three Mickey James and Bailey and Sasha Banks are already already well known compared to the other three so if they were to get eliminated early on it wouldn't hurt anything but you can also tell the story of Bailey and Sasha Banks because you can have one eliminate the other yep. and this is what I'm thinking if you if you were to have Sasha Banks eliminate Bailey then Bailey snap, turn heel, yep. beat the crap out of Sasha. Then you can have Mickey James or someone else get the pin. Then that can carry them right to the mania or have their have their feud. You can tell so many different stories in, in one match and be so much more exciting. And, and the storytelling can be great oh, if I, done correctly. Absolutely. And also, the one thing that you're missing here, the one thing that's probably under the radar that no one's ex- you know expecting Nia Jax is rumored to be the opponent for Alexa Bliss at Mania. One of them is going to have to be the babyface. My guess would be it would be Alexa Bliss, and here's why. So Alexa Bliss starts first. She survives through. She earns the respect, you know, you know, of the crowd. The crowd cheers her after it's over. Nia Jax loses to Asuka. But then Nia Jax comes out the next night on Raw and says, Well, Kurt, I did beat Alexa Bliss, you know, set weeks ago, which she did. She beat her in a non-title match, fair and square. That's what builds up to the title match. And I think Alexa would be the face in that because the crowd would be sympathetic towards her. Like, how is she going to beat Nia Jax? So if that's the case, does that, does that mean that Char- or Charlotte goes on to fight Asuka? That's what I think. I think Charlotte's going to go on to face Asuka. Don't rule out Ronda Rousey, Charlotte, and Asuka in a triple threat. I don't think, I don't know if that will happen. Don't rule it out. It all depends on what they have planned for her. You know, from what I'm hearing, it's Ronda and The Rock. If The Rock can commit, if he can't commit, it's Braun Strowman. If 
I want to talk about that more, the Mania card, when we come back, because I've got some new ideas from the last podcast. Sounds perfect. All right. We will come right back and talk about WrestleMania. All right, we are back. So we're going to talk about the WrestleMania card, or at least what we think will be the projected lineup for the card. We do know right now that AJ Styles versus Nakamura is penciled in. It's official. Unless AJ loses the title at Fastlane. I still think win or lose. I mean, obviously win, he's in. But even if he loses, he could easily claim, you know, his rematch clause, and it could be a triple threat match regardless of who the champion is, if it's not AJ Styles. Now, you said you had some ideas. I have one new one, and you and I might be on the same wavelength here, but go ahead. Well, so we talked about last uh, last episode on Tuesday, what uh, with Jason Jordan being out, how that switches Seth Rollins around. Exactly what I was going with. Go ahead. And now, if you stop and think about it, last year, you know, Seth Rollins and Triple H fought, if you were to still keep, instead of doing Braun and, and Ronda, if you were to keep Braun in, in the Intercontinental, Intercontinental Championship match against The Miz, then you can have Seth Rollins step in if The Rock's not available and have Seth Rollins step in with Ronda Rousey. And have them face the authority, Triple H, Stephanie, and, and still have the star power because you got Ronda who's got the star power from outside of WWE. Everybody knows DX. Triple H, you've got Seth Rollins, who, you know, uh, a lot of guys watch from NXT that have been only with the WWE products. So you've got one person representing a bunch of different aspects. And I think that could be, that would probably be where they would go with this if if The Rock is not available. I can see that. Um, here's one that I was thinking. Now, listen, you remember back at Survivor Series when it was Raw versus SmackDown. Braun Strowman grabbed Triple H and nearly choked the life out of him in that corner. That is yet to yeah. be addressed. Since I mean, I mean, yeah, the night after Braun Strowman warned him again that if you double cross me, I'll hurt you. Um, but after that, it hasn't been addressed. This is why I'm thinking it's going to be Braun. That's why, if The Rock can't go, I think it will be Braun. Now, the Seth Rollins thing, you can play off that too from last year. That's absolutely true. Where I think Seth is going to go from here, and I thought about this a little bit, The Miz. So, The Miz right now, if The Miz is going to be at Mania, does not have a dancing partner. Now, the one title Seth Rollins has, uh, has not held is the Intercontinental Championship. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, wait. I'm drawing a complete blank. That is a... I think he'll fight Kurt. If that match doesn't take place, I think he goes for the Intercontinental title. This is why I think he'll fight Kurt Angle originally first. So let me hit on this. Jason Jordan's the reason. They will play off the fact that Seth Rollins didn't really care for Jason Jordan that much. That'll piss off Kurt. Kurt will snap. He'll turn heel. This is why I think that match is a very good possibility. If that match doesn't happen, I can see him going against The Miz because of the issues with The Miz and, you know, The Miz Taraj, you know, when the, you know, when the Shield were, you know, were still together. And plus, you could have Seth Rollins elevate a mid-card championship like the Intercontinental Championship, continue to elevate it, and make it the title it should be. Now, if 
if Seth does fight Kurt and Braun does team with Ronda because The Rock's not available, then I believe that's when that makes the room for The Miz because he does have a dancing partner. That's where it brings Finn Balor into place. Agreed. Finn Balor would beat The Miz, in my opinion, Agreed. and that would take care of the Intercontinental title match. Agreed. Yep. That, that's exactly right. Um, it all ties in. Now, listen, if Seth doesn't fight Kurt and goes on and takes on, you know, teams up with Ronda, then I think it puts Braun in that matchup against uh, The Miz. And then you would just have to find a partner for Kurt. Or you could flip it around and you could put Braun Strowman somewhere else and revisit Kurt Angle and The Miz because of their issues earlier this year over The Miz pretty much trying to do the same thing to the to Kurt Angle that he did to Daniel Bryant. And that was pretty much trying to disrespect them because early on in the year, we saw that they were teasing that. You could always do that for The Miz. That would be a good one for him as well. Let's we do one more segment if you're down, for sure, and, and talking about the SmackDown side of Mania because right now the possibilities, this is one of the first years where WrestleMania has not been predictable. That's right. All right, yeah. Yeah, but let's do that. I'm down for one or two more segments. I don't care. All right, we'll be back. I'm down for as long as we can go. Sounds great. We'll be right back. Okay. All right, we are back. So we're going to talk about the SmackDown side of the WrestleMania card. So, listen, I had to think about something. Do you really believe that WrestleMania this year is not as predictable? I, I do. I mean, it, it is, but it's not. It's not. Why? There's a lot more gray. Especially on the raw on the raw side. Now on the SmackDown side, you know you've got Kevin Owens <clears throat> and Sami Zayn, and everyone thought Kevin and Sami versus you know Shane and, and, and Daniel. I don't think that's the case anymore. I really don't. You know, I think next it's going to be Kevin versus Sami, and they're going to have that one-on-one match on the main roster at Mania that everyone wanted years ago. Especially after they both came up from NXT. And I, I, I see more of Shane fighting someone of Daniel's choosing than I see the tag match. Yeah, yeah, that's a good thought. You know, I could... Daniel Bryant... His thing is interesting because if he is not cleared to come back, then obviously that's going to be a bummer and it's going to be like, wow. Daniel Bryant won the WWE World Heavyweight Championship where? Where did he win that championship at? Do you remember? I, I know where, but do you remember? The the World WWE title at WrestleMania in New Orleans. So, Daniel Bryan's biggest triumph came in New Orleans, right? Right. Okay. Think about this. What if WWE is keeping it a secret that they've chosen to go ahead and clear him and he comes back and pulls off the biggest swerve in WrestleMania history, and he returns at WrestleMania in New Orleans. See, and this is something I thought about, too. And this is why I believe that they're leading to Shane versus an opponent of Daniel's choosing, because with the way they've booked Kevin and Sammy, it's almost identical to how they did Kevin and, and, and Jericho. So that's why I believe, because SmackDown right now here to Raw, as far as what, what we what we predict. So now if you had Shane versus an opponent of Daniel Bryan's choosing and they built it up and it was supposed to be a mystery, a surprise, nobody knew who it was going to be, you know, you find out at WrestleMania who the opponent's going to be and Daniel Bryan's music plays and now you're thinking, okay, he's going to introduce the opponent or whatever 
or they say, please welcome Daniel Bryan. And Daniel Bryan comes out in his wrestling gear at the place where he had the biggest crew of his moment. Imagine the pop. It'll be, it'll be just like the Hardy Boys at Mania last year. That was a surprise. It was so well kept. It'll be a bigger pop, no doubt. But just imagine the roar. Even if it's for one night, they let him come back. That will be a moment that will be irreplaceable and almost hard to match. I mean, that, that, would, that pop would blow the Hardys pop out the window. That would blow right out the window. There, no, no, no comparing the pops to those two. But think about it like this. Remember when the higher power back in the Attitude Era was revealed to be Vince McMahon? So what did they do? They had a, a recorded video of Vince McMahon up on the screen saying, I want to know who the higher power is. So what if they did that with Daniel Bryan, right? They put Daniel Bryan up there on the screen and you go, Shane, I am now going to reveal to you who you're going to be fighting. And boom, his music plays. Dun, da, da, dun, boom. Dude. I would, I would, I'd, pa- I'd probably, I'd probably pass out. I'm not even gonna lie. Oh, I would. I would, I would rock out so hard. Oh man, you could. That would be the biggest pop in WrestleMania history, in WWE history, and I would even put that up with everything in the company. But that would be the biggest return, biggest surprise. That would blow Jericho's debut out of the water. My God. Especially with the with the document, the documentation over the last four years of his health or three, four years since he's been retired with the stuff from the Miz to the stuff, you know, with, with Sammy and Owen Stone in the face. He can't wrestle no more. It's been documented on total Bellas. He's been going around doing interviews saying if WWE doesn't let me wrestle, I'm done. Just imagine. It's not going to be the money that keeps him. It's going to be, they let him wrestle. I don't think any amount of money keeps him. I don't either. All right. So we're going to go to break. Let's do another segment. And I want to close out this talking about the Usos because these guys deserve a major spot on that card. We will hit on that when we get back. So we're going to finish out this episode talking about the Usos. Now, we talk, I think we talked about the Usos a bit on Tuesday. And we talked about how you would um, protest, not watch Mania, but the Usos were not on the card. Listen, the Usos have been the, ba- the best tag team, hands down, for over a year. They were coming into their own last year. What, were they on the pre-show or were they left off the card? Right. Last year they were left off the card completely, and the year before, WrestleMania 32 in my home state, in my home city of Dallas, Texas, they were on the pre-show versus the Deadly Boys. It will be the biggest robbery since Daniel Bryan not coming out number 30, and you know them replacing him with Rey Mysterio. No offense to Rey Mysterio. The Usos have never actually had a match on the main card because WrestleMania 31, they were supposed to go up against Cesaro and Tyson Kidd, and they were injured. One of them was injured with a shoulder injury. 
WrestleMania 30, they were left on the pre-show. They have not actually had a, a match on the main card at WrestleMania. A long time. Yeah, probably one of the longest tenured tag teams right now in WWE. And it's just very surprising to, to hear that they've never had a match. I mean, listen, that almost pops up, you know, as much of a surprise as Dolph Ziggler not having a match at WrestleMania. Did you know that? Every match he's had has been a multi-man match. The closest he's had come that he's come was him and Big E at 20, uh, Mania 29 versus Kane and, and Daniel Bryan as part of Team Held Up. That's the closest thing he's had. There wasn't a multi-man match at WrestleMania, is what I was, you know, referring to. That's very surprising. I mean, that's you know, finding out that's gotcha. the biggest finding out the Big Show when he beat Cody for the Intercontinental Championship. I think had only had either he either had not won a Magic Mania or he had only won once. Yeah, I think he'd only won one match at Mania, and it was a it was a tag team match, so it was it was with Kane. They had um, I want to say Lito yeah. and Chris Masters at WrestleMania. Yep. Twenty two, yeah, I, mean, I believe. So right. yeah, so, it was a good win. They don't need to be the match that starts the show. They don't need to be a filler. The Usos need to be in a prominent spot on the card, higher on the card. They brought. They've made those SmackDown Tag Team titles more relevant than the Raw Tag Team Championships. And for all the hard work they put in, all the sacrifice, all the times that they've been the best tag team and being left off the card, they deserve to be rewarded with that by being high up on that WrestleMania card. And anything that's not high up on the card will be a disgrace. And not only that, but... Especially after Dean Ambrose got injured, before Dean Ambrose, the Usos were the top two people for the most house matches on house shows, right underneath Dean Ambrose. And so, want to say it was last year, whatever. One of the Usos went down with an injury. It was Jimmy or Jay, but the other one is one of the Usos, whichever one it is, right now has had the most matches at live events uh, for 2018 and was second behind Dean Ambrose for all 2017. And I believe they were second or third uh, for 2016 as the most matches at house shows. So they're, they're, they're killing it every night at house shows too. Sometimes they weren't even making it on, the, on the, the actual shows for SmackDown. And, you know, now they're the tag team champions. They've got this gimmick. They've, they've taken it off the ground. They've, they've busted their asses. And yep, it's, it's, it's time for them to get what's there. They're left off the card or they're low on the card then somebody needs to be put in the Uso penitentiary locked up and never be heard from again yeah I'd be happy with them even opening the show if they can just get on the main card yeah, see, I, I would be happy okay with that because I think by and far you know by and large are the best tag team right now anywhere hotter than the Young Bucks hotter than any other tag team right now my prediction will be they still fight the Bludgeon Brothers because we're starting to see now more segments with the Usos and the Bludgeon Brothers. I think that's where we're going here. So they better be on that card. That's all I'm saying. All right, Lane. Great job as always, brother. You made it to the end, guys. Thanks for hanging out with us. Be sure to hit the button so that I know which segments that you like the best. Also, be sure to hit the star button and favorite the station and share it with your friends. You can also find our podcast on Google Play, Pocket Casts, and iTunes. So I hope you guys have a great rest of your week. We will be back Saturday. Bye.
Hi guys, this is Emily from the Create U86 podcast, and you're listening to the JM Sports and Wrestling podcast here on Anchor. Hey, this is James McCoy from the JM Sports and Wrestling podcast, and I just wanted to talk to you guys about a group that I have on Facebook. It's called New Blood Wrestling. For more wrestling content with almost 100 other wrestling fans, if you love WWE, New Japan, and anything in between, this is the Facebook group for you. I can't wait to see you guys there.